Section 24 of The National Geographic Magazine, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avayi in July 2015. Geographic Notes by Cyrus C. Babb. The Antarctic Continent. Resume of Exploration Work The first expedition into the Antarctic area was made in 1567 by Alvaro Mendaña, a Peruvian. In 1598, the South Shetland Islands, a group south of Cape Horn, was discovered by the Dutch, and in 1606 the New Hebrides group was discovered by a second Peruvian expedition. La Roche, a Frenchman, in 1672 reported the discovery of an island now known as South Georgia Island. France, in 1772, sent out Monsieur de Kerguelen, who sighted land in latitude 49 degrees south and longitude 69 degrees east. He thought he had discovered the Antarctic continent, but a second expedition the next year showed it to be only a barren island which now bears his name the great english captain james cook was the first however to do any serious work in this section in seventeen seventy three he first crossed the southern circle and the next year he reached latitude seventy one degrees ten minutes south in longitude one hundred six degrees fifty four minutes west he describes the region as intensely inhospitable, beset with thick fogs and heavy storms, and the ports along the coast, if there were any, as being filled with ice of a great thickness. He also believed that it would be impossible to attain a higher latitude, and it is a fact that his record has been surpassed only by two other men, that is, Captain James Weddell and Sir James Clark Ross. After Cook came Smith, Palmer and Bransfield in 1819 and 1820, and during this latter year also Bellingshausen, a Russian, attained the latitude of 70 degrees south in longitude 1 degree 30 minutes west, discovering Alexander and Peter Islands. Powell discovered the South Orkneys. Cook's record was broken in 1823, when Weddell reached latitude 74 degrees 15 minutes south, in longitude 34 degrees 70 minutes west. Here he found an open sea with many whales surrounding his ship, and the waters covered with birds. Biscoe in 1831 landed on Adelaide Island, discovering also Graham and Enderby lands. Balloni discovered Balloni Islands and Sabrine Island. The Frenchman D'Urville sighted Adeline Land in 1840, but he was unfortunate in being preceded by only a few days by Wilkes, who, in charge of the expedition from our own country, skirted the shore of this continent through sixty degrees of longitude. He was unable to make a landing, owing to the immense ice cap which, descending from the shore, extended for several miles into the sea. It presented a perpendicular face 100 to 200 feet above the level of the sea, and was unbroken by indentations for the entire length along which he coasted. 
Later, Dahlmann discovered Kaiser Wilhelm Islands and Bismarck Strait. The most successful and the most important expedition to the Antarctic was that of the Erebus and Terror under the command of Sir James Clark Ross between the years 1839 and 1848. He thrice crossed the Antarctic Circle. In January 1841, Victoria Land was sighted, consisting of mountain ranges varying from 7,000 to 15,000 feet in height. Along this shore he coasted southward for 500 miles, until his way was intercepted by a perpendicular wall of ice, 200 feet in height, extending in an east and west direction. Immediately in front of him the volcanic cones of Mounts Terra and Erebus arose 10,800 and 12,400 feet in height, respectively. The latter at the time of visit was in active eruption, and one can imagine what a magnificent sight it must have been to those men to see an immense mountain peak, located in a vast wilderness of ice and snow, belching forth fire, lava, and smoke. The ice barrier capping this Antarctic continent Ross coasted for three hundred miles, until he had to make his way out, owing to the closing in of winter. The next season this intrepid explorer repeated his last year's trip, but with not so much success. He reached a latitude, however, of 78 degrees 10 minutes south. In the third season, in 1842-43, through 43, Ross visited the regions south of Cape Horn in the vicinity of Erebus and Terra Bay. He could not follow Weddell's course, owing to the closing in of heavy pack ice. The next expedition of importance was that of Her Majesty's ship the Challenger, which visited these regions in 1874. Little geographic work is commonly understood, that is, the discovery of new lands, was done. Her investigations were more confined to a study of the deeper regions of the sea. Very valuable scientific results were obtained, however, and through her soundings and dredgings, and in connection with previous discoveries, Dr. Murray has been able to outline the Antarctic continent. In the fall of 1892, an expedition, consisting of four steam whalers, was fitted out from Dundee, Scotland. The Royal Geographical Society well equipped them with scientific instruments, such as chronometers and meteorological instruments, and the surgeons on board of two of the vessels, the Baliana and the Active, were selected on account of their general scientific training. An account of this expedition may be found in the Scottish Geographical Magazine for February 1894. The two ships, the Active and the Balena, left the Falkland Islands December 11th, cruising about in search of whales until January 2nd, when they had reached a latitude of 76 degrees south. On January 6, 1893, a landing was made on a beach of Erebus and Terra Bay, where a few specimens of seaweed and moss were found and preserved. No whales of value, as the true whalebone whale, were seen, but of the southern finner and the common hunchback large numbers were encountered. Specimens of the bottlenose and two other species were captured, possibly the Orea capensis and the Globiocephalus.
seals were plentiful and a good catch was made in a short time four species being observed apparently identical with those described by ross but it is doubtful whether the true fur seal was found there was a norwegian sealer the jason in the same vicinity this season she collected on Seymour islands in erebus and terror bay a number of fossils which have since been determined as belonging to the lower tertiary in september eighteen ninety three another norwegian steam whaler the antarctic sailed from tonsberg norway for the southern regions she was sent out by commander svend Föhn. her sailing master is captain leonard christensen she is bark rigged tonnage two hundred twenty six and carries eight whale boats meteorological and other observations are to be made last season in the vicinity of kerguelen islands one thousand five hundred seals were caught inside of eight days no fur seals however being found all these latter islands in the vessel visited royal sound where a colony of fifty-nine persons was found consisting of europeans chinese and indians she then sailed for australia and arrived at melbourne on february twenty seventh eighteen ninety four this november she will attempt to enter the antarctic circle in the vicinity of victoria island finally the last expedition at this date consisting of the norwegian whalers jason castor and herta has contributed considerably to our topographic knowledge of antarctica on december sixth eighteen ninety three captain c a larsen in the ship jason attained a latitude of sixty eight degrees ten minutes south in longitude sixty degrees west and one of the other vessels reached latitude sixty nine degrees south and in a more western longitude these men have therefore attained a higher southern latitude by four degrees in these longitudes than any previous explorers new lands were discovered and a number of active as well as extinct volcanoes were sighted large numbers of seals were seen and captured belonging principally to the grasel and fiscusel species few whales were captured species seen were as follows bla whale fin whale knarhval mink whale and the wrath whale on december first land was sighted in sixty five degrees forty three minutes south latitude and fifty six degrees fifty seven minutes west longitude and the name of cape fram was given to the headland the land appeared to be high covered with snow and ice and stretched in a north and south direction many high snow-covered peaks were seen in the interior and the name of mount jason was given to one of the more eastern and nearer peaks the lower slopes of this mountain were free of ice and snow but it was found impossible to land owing to the immense ice barrier which extended from the land into the sea for a distance of several miles in latitude sixty six degrees forty two minutes south and longitude sixty one degrees fifty minutes west high land was sighted to which was given the name of foyne land it consists of four hills their northern and eastern slopes being free of snow and forming a conspicuous landmark especially on approaching from the north 
Captain Larsen sailed southward for a distance of three hundred miles along this ice barrier, until on December 6th he attained his highest southern latitude. Further progress in this direction was prevented by the winter ice. On their return several islands were discovered and named Weather, Robertson, Christensen, and Seal Islands. A landing was made on Christensen Island, and the greater part of it was found to be free of snow. To the northwest of this island, a small volcanic island was sighted, to which was given the name of Lindenberg. Captain Larsen says in his journal, This volcano had the shape of a sugar loaf, and was of considerable height. The ice was melted for a considerable distance around it. It presented a remarkable aspect, as around the top and on the slopes there were funnel-like holes, from which a very black and thick smoke issued from time to time, covering the top itself. In short, it was in full activity. THE ANTARCTIC CONTINENT Figure 3 is a map of the Antarctic continent according to Murray. He estimates the area as nearly 4 million square miles, or a continent with a greater area than Australia. According to Ross, the rocks of Franklin, Cockburn and Possession Islands are of volcanic origin, and in his dredgings to the east of Victoria Land volcanic rock was found, but with some fragments of grey granite. D'Urville at Adélie Land found a precipitous shore, with elevations from 2,000 to 3,000 feet. The rocks of the neighboring lands were granites and gneisses. Wilkes found on an iceberg in the same vicinity large boulders of red sandstone and basalt, with smaller gravels, stones, clays, and mud. The dredgings of the Challenger produced from the great ocean basin volcanic debris, but as the Antarctic continent was approached, quartz and granite fragments were found, and in the highest latitudes reached, the dredgings consisted mainly of fragments of diorites, granites, mica schists, sandstones, limestones, and earthy shales. In the reports of the expeditions previous to those of the Dundee and Norwegian whalers, the rocks of the islands to the south of Cape Horn are described as of volcanic origin. Dr. Bruce of the Balena reports the finding of metamorphic and sedimentary rocks in his soundings. Captain Larsen of the ship Jason, as above stated, collected from Seymour Islands during his first trip in 1892 a number of fossils which have been determined as belonging to the lower tertiary. In November of the next year he landed on the same island, but at a different place, and says, When we were a quarter of a Norwegian mile from shore and stood about three hundred feet above the sea, the petrified wood became more and more frequent, and we took several specimens which looked as if they were of deciduous trees. The bark and branches, as also the yearings, were seen in the logs which lay slanting in the soil. The wood seemed not to have been thrown out of the water. On the contrary, it could have never been in the water, because, in the first case, we found petrified worms, while there was none in the second. At other places we saw balls made of sand and cement resting upon pillars composed of the same constituents. The beach is flat and consists of a white sand. 
it would seem therefore that antarctica was a true continental area having the fundamental continental gneiss with later fossil bearing sandstones and limestones the primary object of ross's expedition was for the purpose of making magnetic observations and in this he was very successful sailing to within one hundred sixty miles of the south magnetic pole he furnished more trustworthy evidence on the meteorological and magnetic conditions of antarctica than all the preceding and succeeding expeditions put together at the time of the reading by dr murray of his valuable paper before the royal geographical society dr neumeyer a german scientist contributed an article showing the desirability even the necessity of observations in this section before the theory of the earth's magnetism could be finally settled the very important problem of the figure of the earth together with a number of other geodetic questions cannot be solved without fuller knowledge of this area end of section twenty four